Yes, he is. And Mr. Countryman from Davy Tree will be here in a little over a half hour talking trees with Doug. Both of them on the Disc Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline. He remains on remote, stuck out there in the garden. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure filming all sorts of great videos and giving you great content at DougOster.com. Now listen, 10th caller right off the top wins an incredible $25 gift certificate from Sorgles out in that great community of Wexford. 412-922-1020. 412-922-1020. If you have a question for Doug, we like to get to the phones early and often, so call us now, 866-391-1020. Good morning, Doug Oster. How are you? I'm doing good, especially since I got some rain. I hope everybody else there got some rain. I opened the windows last night and just went to sleep listening to the rain with a smile on my face. Of course, I watered most of the day because looking at the forecast, it didn't look good. But I was so happy to get some rain. Uh, I probably got two hours of, of a light, uh, constant rain, which is just what I needed without rain. Boy, I'll tell you what, I was one grumpy gardener uh, dragging that hose around and just looking at some of the things that, you know, there's only so many things you can water. You know, you look into the forest, you look here and there, and, oh, I'm just happy to get rain and happy to see that forecast. Lots to talk about today before we get going. Uh, today, later, we are joined by Eric Countryman from the Davy Tree Expert Company. He'll talk about all the early leaf color we're seeing during this drought, and I'll ask him about watering and planting, too. We'll have a lot of good things to talk about there. And tomorrow, it starts four days of the virtual tomato and garlic days at Phipps. You know, I've been doing tomato and garlic festival there for over 15 years, but we can't meet now. We're going to have to do it virtually, and so they've split it up into four days, two hours a night, starting Monday, 6 to 8 p.m., it's either going to be me or another speaker or a chef, and uh, I am going to be uh, there Monday, 6 p.m., and I'm going to be doing how to get five harvests from growing your own garlic. You know how much I love growing garlic. Then on Thursday at 7 p.m., I'll be cooking two dishes live. Each one includes 50 cloves of garlic. Yes, that's right, 50 cloves of garlic. The first is garlic elixir, and the second is ultimate garlic linguine. There's lots of other great recipes being made from the other chefs. Well, from other chefs. I am not a chef. I'm just a guy who likes to cook with garlic. And there's a, a garden workout demonstration, too. All the details are at dougoster.com. It is $60 flat fee that goes to the Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. That's what this whole thing is about. That's why I started it. Back in the day, we used to do it where... Gardeners would come, they would drop off their produce from their gardens, and it would go right into a truck for the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. And as I said, if we, we can't meet in person this year, uh, but just sign up and every night, Monday through Thursday, watch some great presentations. And remember what my friend Pittsburgh artist John O'Prasic always says, it would be a sad world without garlic. Rob, don't you miss me being in the studio, the smell of that garlic <laughs> pouring out of me? It reminds me of victory. What can I say, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> so what have you been doing? Have you been, like, jogging every day, exercising, doing what you have done ever since I've known you? Are you fishing a lot? What's happening in your life? Well, I've been running a little bit, but I can't do it when it's that, you know, 87 degrees and, and humid. But this break in the weather will let me get out there and jog. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of fishing, but mostly... Mostly watering, you know, every day has been watering something in the garden. Yeah, containers are always a great idea early in the season, and we've just, we were spoiled the last three years where we were getting rain like crazy 
you know, for three seasons where you didn't have to do much watering, but I forgot how hard it was to have to try and keep everything alive. And it's been spending days <laughs> starting in the morning, just water, water, water. And that's why the wa- the rain is such a relief. Um, at uh, DougOster.com, I've got a couple of videos up. I'm showing how to harvest those little shiny black, they're called ball bills from the lily stems, and then showing how to plant them and make more lilies. They are from this beautiful double orange tiger lily. I'd never grown it before, so I'd never seen those little black bulbs in in the uh, kind of where the leaf nodes are. And I've got two flats of them going. If they do sprout and do what they're supposed to do, I'm going to give them away at some kind of event. And last week I presented a webinar about the trip I'm taking gardeners on to Croatia in July of 2021. We've got a decent amount of cabins on this small yacht left, I think nine, uh, but they're going quick. The trip needs to be booked by October. If you're interested in that 12-day trip, seven days we'll be sailing uh, from city to city along the coast of Croatia and its islands. You can watch the webinar for free. Uh, if you go to DougOster.com, you go up to the right-hand corner, there's a little thing that says about Croatia. You click on that, and then you scroll to the bottom, and you can just click on there, and you can kind of watch that webinar on demand. It shows all the places that uh, we're going to go, and it shows what the boat looks like, and it was a really, really fun hour to talk about the trip. And I got a text yesterday from Jessica, and she was out east, way out east, and the spotted lanternfly out there is unbelievably bad. She had these pictures of it all over trees and such. It's not. It's been identified here, but it's not really taken hold yet. But it's coming, and it's scary because it's another one of those invasive species that. Uh, it's just, uh, it's not going to be fun until nature figures it out. You know, today if you don't get through or you don't want to ask your question on the air, just use that contact link at my website. I'm getting a lot of questions from listeners there, and uh, I might use them for this series I'm doing called Ask Doug, where I put those questions out there. As I said, later on, Eric Countryman from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I can't wait to talk to him and talk to him about how this weather is uh, affecting the trees, and I know I've got some little ones that are struggling. I've got some deer after a, the buds on a Coosa dogwood. That's the first time I've seen that. I actually had a buck in the vegetable garden uh, because uh, some idiot left the gate open, namely me. <laughs> uh, so it's always it's always a challenge, but, boy, it's been great. Uh, uh, prime harvest season, which is wonderful, uh, you know, for you, if you don't have a vegetable garden, you know, reach out to those farms uh, that are uh, supporting us on the show, and they have just so much great stuff growing there. If you're harvesting at home, as we always say, try and harvest in the morning if you can, especially after a rain like this. Those beans and tomatoes and cucumbers and everything else are just going to be filled with the most moisture for the day, early in, in the day, and that's the time to pick. And I got to get you some tomatoes, Rob. No, oh, that's okay. I, I know you will sooner or later. Hey, listen, uh, we got to get to a break. Um, congratulations to Debbie, winner of that uh, incredible $25 gift certificate in Sorgles. Get a lot of good stuff there. And of course, we'll have that gift certificate uh, from the good folks at Janoski's coming up soon as well. And Eric Countryman will be here, Davy Trees. Re- one quick question. You know, we were joking a lot in recent weeks about the sprinklers. But you know what? That, that really is a great tool this time of year, is it not? 
You know, I, that's great that you brought that up, Rob, because I rarely use a sprinkler, but I've had to uh, over the last couple of weeks, and I forgot how kind of mesmerizing it is just to sit there because you're, you're watching the sprinkler do its thing, and then you got to move it. And if I don't sit out there and watch it, it'll run for hours. I hate to water that way just because I, I, it's it's kind of a waste of water. You know, you get you lose some to evaporation, and some of it gets sprayed to places you don't need it. But I, I put in this new lawn, and just I really <laughs> this sounds crazy. I just really enjoy sitting there and watching the sprinkler do its thing. It reminds me of those days when we were growing up, Rob. That was that was our pool. <laughs> Absolutely, and we were happy to have it. You know, one of the things that I remember from my childhood, and I was going to ask you about this, I don't even know if they make it anymore, but it was a flat hose with a number of little pinholes in it that my dad would kind of lay out and stretch out through a patch of grass or the garden. Do they still make those hoses? I think they do, and I remember those too, being kind of bright green. Yes, and, yes. Uh, you know, that is, that's a good question, because I could use that too. Uh, I could use anything over those last two weeks. It was so dry. I haven't seen it this dry in many, many years. And, oh, as I said, just thank goodness for some rain, and I hope you got some. Uh, I did get a little. We'll take a short break. We'll come back. Stay with us, ladies and gentlemen. Doug Oster and Eric Countryman. Can't wait. It's always a good time to talk trees, Davy Trees, Talking Trees with Doug. And today, Eric Countryman, right after the news at 730. Quick look at sports and then to all of these phone calls. Stay where you're at. Good morning. Yes, he is, and he's got a lot of folks that want to talk to him, so let's get right to it. First stop at the South Hills, and Fred joins us on the Organic Gardener on News Radio 1020 KDKA Radio. Good morning, Fred. How are you? Hello, Fred. Okay, let's go to um, Rich in Crafton. Hey, Rich. Hi, guys. Hey, Doug. I just have a question. My back sliding door, I got spiders all over the place. Is there something you can do to get rid of spiders? I got two cats. Uh, I'm not, about not, them. Not, not really. You know, they're, they're part of nature, and I know that they're, you know, can be problematic, but there's nothing I know of. You know, there's an old wives' tale. I don't know if it's a wives' tale, but there's an old saying that you take, uh, it's called an Osage orange. Do you know what that is? Uh-uh. Uh, Look look it up. It's a big, uh, about the size of a softball, and it comes off a tree, and people will cut those in half and put them in their house and say says that it repels spiders. But other than that, there's nothing that I know of uh, to keep, repel keep spiders. Keep walking around then, huh? Yeah, there's nothing much more you can do. All righty. Thanks a lot. I got Thank cats. I'm worried about spraying something that they might get sick with them. So. Just get that broom out. You'll be fine. You know, these Osage oranges, we were kids, we used to roll them down the, the, the street. They look like they're green, and they have little bumps all the way around, look big as a softball. I remember Where those. Where I grew up, we used to have fights with them, and they hurt. They, they're as heavy, heavier than a softball, and we used to throw them at each other, and, man, they hurt. <laughs> so that explains it, huh, Doug? That explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get right back to work. Let's go to Gibsonia and talk to Ken for Doug Oster, the organic gardener. Hi, Ken. Hi, how you guys doing? Good. We're doing great. What's on hey, your mind, Ken? Hey, I got a question. I have um, hibiscus that I started with seed, and they're in pots, and they're about 12 inches, and they're starting to bud. And I'm wondering when winter comes, should I put them in the ground before that or keep them in the pots? So they're the perennial variety, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would just if they're already starting to bud. This is amazing. Tell me first off, what made you do this? This is an awesome project. 
Uh, I, I don't know. I just started saving different uh, varieties of plants and started with seed, and uh, these things uh, really took off. I don't know why, you know, but they're getting, uh, like I said, they're about 12 inches, and uh, by half of them are starting to bud now. They're starting to get, get buds, and uh, I wonder. Do, uh, do you know where you want to put them? Uh, not really. <laughs> uh, I'm so going to be giving a bunch make, away, make... but um, I just wondered if if I just put them in the ground like in a month or two, or should I just keep them in pots and put some? No, I would on. get them. I would get them out into the outdoors. Probably since you don't know where they are, make something. Well, they're outdoors. Nursery. They're outdoors right now, Doug. All right. Well, I would plant them in the ground uh, in mid-September, and if you don't know where they're going to go, you could put them in something called a nursery bed, just kind of a place where they can grow and sit until next spring when you could, or whenever they emerge next year, you could move them to their permanent location. And uh, if I knew where they were going, I would stick them in there and right in that permanent location in mid-September. But if you don't know where they're going, they're going to be happier growing outdoors and getting uh, adjusted to the outdoors and getting established than they would be trying to keep it going, you know, in a pot indoors or like putting them in a dormancy and putting them, you know, in a garage or something. So right. I'd, I'd be yeah. tempted to get them out, get them outdoors. I mean, into the ground outdoors uh, mm-hmm. about mid-September, and then you can move them whenever you're ready. Sounds good. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All right. About a minute and a half to the break. So what are you and Eric Countryman going to be talking about today, Doug? Well, we're seeing, at least I'm seeing, a lot of uh, very early leaf color on trees, uh, more so than than normal, just because of uh, this, I think they're calling it a mild drought. I'm not sure, but it's a drought for me, that's for sure. And we're seeing the trees already change color, and it's way, way early for that. I want to talk to them about that. Uh, Certainly, we're going to have to touch on watering again, because... It is so important to get those little trees, you know, that are one or two years old, maybe even three years old, uh, you know, make sure that they have the moisture they need so they can they can keep going. So uh, I'm looking forward to talking to Eric about that, and I'm sure he'll have lots of other things. I want to hear what he's seeing. I want to hear what he knows about this uh, spotted lanternfly, and, you know, we'll just talk trees. See if you can do this in less than 30. It's Dollar Bank Instant Access. I have a mature Diablo 9 bark that I'd like to move. When is the best time to move it? Should I cut it back a bit first? Can I divide the root ball into two bushes? Uh, I wouldn't divide it, and I wouldn't cut it back, and I would move it about mid-September and be sure that you have the planting hole approximately the size you want already dug so it's out of the ground for as least as possible, least time as possible. Did I make it? You made it. Perfect timing. Coming up, uh, Eric Countryman, uh, Davy Tree, Talking Trees, Melinda Roeder with the 730 News, minutes away, Rob Pratt Sunday. Next hour, it's all about some delicious stuff you don't want to miss. Stay with us. All right, now listen. We are going to give you a chance to win a $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Janoski's. In the canning season, they've got all those tomatoes and peppers and good stuff. So if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, that means you win a $25 gift certificate to Janoski's. Well, it's going to be Miles Stevens today from the Davy Tree Expert Company. We're talking all about early leaf color, tree watering, planting, all sorts of things. Miles, how are you this morning? Just fine. How are you doing, Doug? I'm doing pretty good. Did you get any rain yesterday? It did rain last night. Actually, it rained on me, and I left work yesterday, which was a surprise for about three minutes, and then it rained here last night. I'm not for sure how long, but it did, it did rain. So 
I'm not sure it's going to pull us out of any drought, but at least we got some. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, I, I might have had a couple hours of just soft rain, and I went out and looked today, and any area that was open got pretty good, pretty good watering, but underneath those big oak trees still looks pretty dry. So we are seeing uh, some early leaf color. I, I was looking out there this morning. I've got a dogwood with some yellow leaves. I've got some other uh, trees that are already changing. What is that indicative of? Uh, that's indicative of stress. Yeah, the trees are already starting to look to the foliage, some of it shutting down. You get trees just dropping leaves, uh, I think, in an effort to uh, save on the you know, moisture loss. I mean, that's one actually the defense mechanism the trees have. They'll just drop some of the leaves just in an effort to try not to lose so much water instead of transpiring out of the leaves. You know, they'll just they'll drop some of those leaves. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely an indication of stress. I'm seeing that. I said dogwoods. I'm seeing doing a lot, of, especially cousas, seem to be doing that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got one young kusa that's only been there two years. I've been watering that one, but the, you know, the other kind of the native dogwoods are out in the forest, and I just haven't got any water to them. I'd, I'd be using all my water, you know, on on the I guess fancier plants. Uh, but I mean, would you would you water a, a big dogwood? Would that be something that people should do? Well, if it's if, if it's definitely important to your landscape, then I would uh, I would definitely water them. I mean, it's, it's truly going to benefit them, um, you know. But the thing you want to make sure when you do water plant like that, you want to do a, a slow slow watering, you know. Don't turn a sprinkler. You're you know on full blast. You know if you somehow just sort of let it uh, you know go real slow so you get a good deep soaking. You want to do that infrequently. Don't want to be out there necessarily every day, but you know once or twice a week, give a good deep watering. You know, it would be a, a greater benefit, you know, done to turn a sprinkler on full blast and have it go for 15 minutes. Most of that water is going to just run off because so it dries. Soil almost gets to the point where it rejects water. So you, and the clay soils around here, too, can't absorb it that fast. So just a real slow watering would be a, would be a benefit for sure. Yeah, that's what I've been doing on any of the small trees. i got a stewardia. I've got that Coosa dogwood. I've got a service berry that I put under, put in under for, from your recommendation. And I just want to make Uh-oh. sure that they're, they're okay, you know. And uh, that's what I'm doing. And, and about how do you determine about how long you should leave the water on? I know it, it, the bigger the tree, the more water it needs, right? Right, right, exactly. And that that's you know that's a, a toughie to say exactly how long. You know, um, I know when you try to estimate at least for uh, for example a lawn when you're trying to water, you can put some cans out, and if you want to get an inch of water on, put some cans out, spread them out, and then see how long it takes to get about an inch of water in those cans. You know, I wouldn't try to do any more than that at a point in time. You know, but you can you know disperse some sort of container to catch water. You get some sort of measurement of water, but I certainly, you know, it's just like you get a big storm, you get three inches of rain, most going to run off. So I wouldn't try to do any more than a half inch or an inch, you know, of, of water at a time, you know, for those trees because you just get to the point where it, just start, it will start to run off. You know, but some measurement way that way you could, you could do it. Because of this dry spell, I have not been planting anything like that tree or shrub. As we get some rain... We're kind of running in here to planting season, but is, is it a little too early, you think? It might be a little too early, and then once again, it depends on how, I, I would almost say how extensive a planting you may be looking to do. Uh, if you're, you know, 
next two weeks, we're looking to put in one or two plants, you know, one tree, two trees. I, I think as long as you're prepared to uh, to water and take care of them, I think you can do that. Yeah, I know we've had this hot weather, but, you know, the days are getting shorter, you know, and so that should be should be of some benefit. But just one or two, one or two trees, I, I think you do it just, uh, you know, you can either water the hose. There's also uh, things out there you can buy now that are like watering bags which are really fantastic. Uh, you know, you just put those on the tree and, you know, and they'll hold 15, 20, 25 gallons, and you can just fill those up a couple times a week. And those do a great job of uh, watering those new trees like that. So if you're prepared to do some watering like that, I think you can still do it. Uh, just just make sure you, uh, you know, keep them watered. The flip side of that is don't, you know, you're like those watering bags, don't fill them up every day because then you'll kill the trees with kindness or you'll actually drown them out. Well, believe it or not, I'm planting a rose of Sharon, but it it's a fancy cultivar called Sugar Tip. So it has Okay. I love Rose of Sharon. I know people hate them, but it's a new newer variety that has variegated foliage and pink double flowers, and I want to put it in a spot where uh, a Japanese maple is just struggling. So I'm going to move mm-hmm. the Japanese maple somewhere else. I'm going to put in that Rose of Sharon, which I assume, like I've all Rose of Sharon, it's tough as nails. How about that for a uh, a planting this time of the year, a Rose of Sharon? Is that, uh, if I keep it watered, will I be okay? I think so. They're a pretty tough planter. Althea, I always like that name for Rose of Sharon, Althea. But, yeah, yeah that's a, that would be fine. And once again, just to, if you're watered, I, you know, keep it watered. I think you should be fine. Like I said, it's uh, those are that's a very hardy plant. I was sure once you have it, you're going to have it, and they tend to sprout up in a lot of places. But uh, I think you'd be fine with that. Now I'm uh, getting pictures sent to me of uh, those bagworm. I don't know what you call them, sacks, or what do you call well, them like, when you see that? Right, a little cocoon, little cocoon there. The bagworm, right. they, they feed and they they get themselves in that cocoon. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of. Uh, a lot of bagworms this year, a lot. That seems to be a big problem. And if I have a small tree and I see those on there, just snip them off? Is that what I should do? Yeah, a small enough tree, that's the easiest thing to do, just pick them off there. Pick them off and put it in a bag and throw it away. Yeah, absolutely. If it's a small plant, and then I don't see a problem. You know, the difficulty now, a larger plant, if you're thinking about doing any type of spray, and they're getting sort of big and tough to control yeah. now. But small plant, pick them off, throw them away. Now, somebody sent me a picture. The bagworm cocoon was not on a tree. It was on, like, a structure. What do I do about that? Do I have to worry about that? Will it work its way over to the tree, or...? Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay where it's at. I mean, you know, I'm not sure at times how successful those are to come out, you know, next year as, you know, an adult and fly around, I, I, so... I told the guy just to do what you would do on a tree. Just cut it off just for safety. Yeah, sake, yeah just pick it off. Want I mean, I, yeah, I was at a property, and they had, a, they had an awning on their uh, on their front porch, and it looked like somebody had ornaments hanging off the awning, and it was bagworm. And it was like, it was, it was weird. I mean, I've seen them before, but they were just lined up along their, their awning. They didn't have near as many on their plants, which is sort of hard to I couldn't wow. quite figure that one out. You know, it's, it's, there were that many on the awning, but weren't that many on the plants at Arbor Vitae. There were some on the Arbor Vitae, but not a lot. So that's uh, fits in with everything else this year. Strange. All right, Rob, we got another minute, or we want to get you a another, break? I'll give you another minute. Go ahead. All right. Uh, Miles, what else are you seeing out there? Did you, are you getting a lot of calls because of this dry weather? 
Yes, we are. I mean, it, you know, a lot of plants are out there struggling. You know, you mentioned before, like Japanese maples are struggled. And it's a double whammy against them because we had that freeze frost, heavy frost this spring that really knocked them a lot and knocked the foliage off and they had to push out you know, a new set of foliage for the year. And now they're getting hit uh, with, uh, you know, with this, uh, this extremely dry weather. So we're seeing a lot of those trees struggling. Um, seeing some, uh, some oaks that are struggling and some Norway maples. Norway maples are, are really seem to be taking a hit also. Uh, you know, uh, Pachysandra, ground cover anywhere yeah. where it's sitting out getting a lot more sun. It's really, it's really taking a beating. All right, Miles, uh, hang around. We'll probably have some tree questions coming up. For more information okay. about Davy Tree, for more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, Go to Davey.com slash KDKA. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davey Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. And don't forget, next hour, some delicious treats, Fresh Express salad kits. We're going to have a special guest from Fresh Express, Brian Joseph on the Disc Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline. Joe and I today, Mr. Dentici, the Coons Cooking Hour. Son Frank enjoying vacation. But we'll be back with Miles and more of the organic gardener himself, Doug Oster, in just a couple of moments. News Radio 1020, KDKA Radio. Good morning. Yeah, and he's joined by Miles Stevens from Davy Trees. Just completed our Talking Trees segment. We like to keep those wonderful folks around for another segment because there's always somebody who wants to talk trees like Rick. He's got a red maple question. Hey, Rick, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. What's your question? I have, a, I have a red maple that I fear that I planted too close to a septic leach field, and I wondered how close is too close. Well, what do you think, Miles? Um, well, I think that you know, if the roots can get there, then it's going to get in there. I mean, it's uh, you know, and that's sort of an inviting site for uh, red maple. I mean, all the trees are going to sort of be drawn to moisture and whatever, but you think red maple actually is in its native environment is more of a swamp-type tree. So it's probably going to benefit from that leach field. I mean, if it's 10 feet away, I'd say it's a problem. If it's 50 feet away, hmm, that shouldn't really be an issue. But if it's, you know, anywhere relatively close, I'd say it's I'm sorry, what's that? It's about 25 feet away. Yeah, I mean, eventually, as that tree matures, you know, it, the roots could get in there. It's going to be a, a happy place for it. 25 feet, it's going to take it some time. I'm not sure how old the red maple is. You know, you say you just planted it somewhat recently, or? Well, it's 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 probably about 20 feet tall, maybe five years old. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it'll, it'll eventually get some roots there. I don't think there's any two ways about it, because it just says the root system expands. I mean, there's roots on that tree as it matures are going to be out past the drip line of the tree. You know, how much of a problem it's going to cause at 25 feet, yeah, I can't really tell you, but I mean, it, it, it gets there, it's going to like what it finds. Dollar Bank Instant Access for Doug and Miles, five-foot-tall magnolia. How much do I have to move to another spot in my yard? Uh, Doug, Miles, go ahead, guys. Well, Miles, what do you think? He's got a five-foot-tall magnolia. I would move it about mid-September, what do you think? Yeah, I would. I'd wait. I'd wait another month. You know, and uh, wouldn't move let it. Let it now. cool off a little bit. Some more rain. Yep. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so move it and uh, make sure you prep the site and you know make sure that hole is three times the diameter of the plant that you're moving the root system. So, any any other callers, Rob? 
No, you guys got about a minute and a half. Go ahead. All right, uh, Miles. Miles and I were talking about just about everything you could possibly imagine <laughs> uh, during the break. Let's talk a little bit about Emerald Ash Borer. And, you know, th- this is a mystery. And so the Emerald Ash Borer has come through, basically killed all our ash trees. And now we have ash trees re-sprouting. Do we have any idea what's going to happen with those ash trees? Not at this point in time. Yeah, we're talking. It's like it's sort of the mystery. It's like, you know, well, it's really a, a small residual population somehow still out there. And as those ash trees get large enough and mature, you know, will they come back and, and, and you know, kill those trees? We're really not sure at this point in time. I've never I've asked. I've never got a, a uh, specific answer. I can tell you occasionally, you know, I do find ash trees are still alive. So, you know, and they're isolated. You know, sort of reminds me of what we're talking about elms, too. And you get trees that are isolated away from other trees. And for whatever reason, they were never, they never Emerald Ash Borer never found them. Now, that could be the case. Or, they, you know, they did find, and I think there's a professor at Penn State that did a lot of work, actually had a an ash foundation. He did, or plantation. <clears throat> I think he did find there was one out of every so many was resistant. So, you know, are those trees right. resistant? Or are they, you know, they just weren't attacked? And it's probably a combination of both. But, What's going to happen with it? That you know, nobody's giving me an answer whether we've seen the last of it. Well, I, I guess, I guess we'll probably wait, not. Wait and see. Thanks so much, Miles. We we ready, Rob? We're ready. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow in every garden you grow. Great job, guys. Stay next. Stay tuned next for the news at eight, and then it is Joe Dentici and the Coons Cooking Hour. Good morning.